Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. I'm joined today on the Sandro Forte podcast by the rather lovely Hannah Power. Hannah is a personal branding specialist. She's an entrepreneur, a TEDx speaker, and an author. Since 2012, Hannah has been focused on personal branding for herself and for others. She's worked with a wide variety of people, including entrepreneurs, senior leadership of FTSE 100 companies, business coaches, CEOs, and not forgetting geography teachers and reflexologists. Her program, Powerful Leaders, is the result of six years in the industry and her book, which I've read, by the way, The Power of You, fits nicely alongside her life purpose of helping others shine their light. Hannah, a lady I've had the privilege now of meeting, not just Hannah, but her whole family, and they are exceptional, all of them. And... uh, and yeah, that, that whole analogy about shining a light, uh, this is a young lady who definitely shines a light in my life and, and many others too. So I couldn't be happier to welcome you to the Sandro Forte podcast today, Hannah. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And you look lovely. You look lovely today. Um, oh, not that you ever time. look anything other than lovely and radiant and sparkly. Uh, so let's start for those people it's who don't... I'm wearing colour. I always it... wear black and I'm wearing yellow. It's my yeah, it, does, it definitely suits you. You must be a spring kind of person. Um, mm. So tell us about the, the Hannah Power story. Um, let's start at the beginning. For those people who don't know you, a brief CV of your life. That would be a good place to start, I guess. Okay, so where to start? So I grew up in a very entrepreneurial world. So my parents became entrepreneurs when I was six years old and they launched the first online business network. And that then meant that I grew up in the world of business and entrepreneurship and personal branding. So it was kind of my go-to thing that I understood. Um, But, and I always took a really active interest in business, but I was very, you know, I used to sell on eBay when I was about 13 years old. In fact, I got banned from eBay when I turned 18 because they found out that I turned 18 and that I'd had it since I was 13. I was really a hustler when I was young, but I didn't want to go down the entrepreneurial route because I'd experienced my mum and dad's journey of the ups and the downs of entrepreneurialism. So I uh, decided to take the, uh, you know, a more sort of, I guess, traditional path and did a law degree and started to working in a corporate. But I was always really passionate and interested in this aspect of personal branding and this growth of the internet and social media and how you know, anybody could have influence, positive influence on the world. Anybody could share a message and be seen as a leader in something. And I watched people grow brands, you know, from nowhere, you know, people that I knew through mom and dad or through other people. And I just thought it was really fascinating. So I started, I guess, understand it more and formulize it and worked with people when I was at, um, at the company that I worked at, at Accenture and, and on the side. And when I decided to quit my job and move over to Bali and go on a bit of a path of discovery to kind of work out what I wanted to do, I realized that personal branding was the space I really wanted to work in. Uh, not because of the fact that it makes people famous or because it people have nice looking social media profiles, but because 
I knew how many people out there who had something to say, had real passion, real expertise, but didn't necessarily know how to get that message out there. If you're not a natural content creator or a natural social media person, how can you actually get your, you know, get your message out there, help people and build a business around that? So that's what I do now. And that's what's led me to here. I love what you just said about the path of discovery, Bali. I'm just, it's got the wheels spinning in my mind thinking, could be onto something here. You know, is, is a path of discovery a tax admissible expense? Because if it is, we could all book holidays and claim, claim that they're paths of discovery. Um, so- I mean, if, if you go to Bali, I do think that because the reason Bali is such a place where so many people go to is it's got a really entrepreneurial startup environment culture it's Mm. kind of like I think people call it the Silicon Valley of the islands or something because you know I went there with very little plan but you you know join these co-working spaces and people are so inspiring the stuff that they're doing and the businesses they're building and and all of that so I think it actually should be a tax deductible expense because (laughs) everything that I learned there is is still what enables me to do what I do now yeah we might need to scrub this couple of comments from from this podcast oh, just course. in case hmrc latch onto us um oh, know we're joking. i've always we, i've always done things properly so um you know you are a young lady if you don't mind me saying so and that's not said in a patronizing way at all uh but i i give you a good few years let's put it that way but even in your short life you have uh probably packed in good and bad things that that many people will never experience in their lives. You, you know, you've written a book, which is nothing short of amazing. I mean, I struggled for several years to get around to writing one of those. And you seem to just kind of, you know, write one like, like most people shell peas. Um, and, and this amazing business that you've, you've built, which I can attest to being brilliant because I've worked with you uh, as one of your, as one of your mentees, if that's, if that's a, the right expression. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, why'd you give up the law degree? Or, or, or perhaps a career that may have been predetermined because of that degree. Um, and tell us more about what you do right now. Yeah, so I have always been driven by doing something which makes a difference and has some sort of impact on the world. And But I also am driven by, you know, you know, commercials and business and ambition and, and achieving, achieving things. And I wanted to find a way to bring the two together. You know, I don't believe that you have to be rich and be horrible or help people and be broke. I think that we live in a, in a world where you can actually do both and people are doing both. You know, if you look at someone like Joe Wicks, um, a perfect example of somebody who's got so much passion, he's got such a mission behind him, he's such a nice guy. Um, but he's built a business around, you know, his real passion. And that's been enabled because of the internet. And for me, I think the reason that I changed my path, I guess, was because I just believe that there was something more that was more meaningful and better for me and something which would enable me to see what I was really made of. I think I've always been curious about potential. You know, they say I was, I was somebody when I was young who people said, you know, I guess had potential. I think, you know, maybe people said probably to all kids, um, but I didn't really know what that potential was. So it was not particularly like, I used to get good grades, but I was a bit naughty in a way at school. And um, I, I never found something that I really felt that I could apply myself to and go all into because it just wasn't really doing it for me. There were times at Accenture where I got really, really into it. Um, but I just wanted to find something where it would mesh perfectly my skill set and do something that really makes a difference that helps people and also can grow a proper business that could 
be a job creator. You know, now I've got four people that work for me that I've managed to hire through Corona and put jobs into the market. So it's a combination of so many different things that motivates me because I think, and I think that's what you kind of need to build a build a business from scratch now is you've got to have both the commercial desires because you have to make it sustainable. You can't do it just on passion because passion doesn't pay the bills, but also something that you, you really love and you really feel is making some sort of difference. And what powerful leaders does as a business is works with people just like yourself who, you know, are very experienced in what you do and an, and an expert in it or people that aren't that have a massive, massive passion and a message and puts a formula behind the person and the passion and then bringing that to market because that's what a lot of us don't know how to do. So, you know, what's the niche? Who do you serve? What content are you going to create? What does your profile look like? What are your branding colors going to be? What photos do you need? What websites do you need? What products are you going to sell? What assets are you going to have to back up your business? You know, this, this business model, this kind of personal brand based business model, you know, Amy Porterfield, Tim Ferriss, you know, this Simon Sinek, these great business models where there's a person leading it. And then there's an army of marketing and content and products behind it, which means that you can help anyone, you know, Simon Sinek, you can buy his book for 10 quid, or you can work with him for probably 20,000 a day or however much he charges, but anyone has access to his information and it can help anyone. Um, and I think that's what really excites me about it. And that formula doesn't really exist. You know, there isn't really somewhere you can go for that exact formula. And that's what I wanted to understand. I wanted to understand it and then create it so that I could do it for myself and then for anybody else who had a message. Amazing. Uh, now, I, I'm almost reluctant because I'm just going to deviate slightly from, from this uh, talk of your business, Hannah, and and, uh, and personal branding, which I'm sure we'll come back to. Yeah. But I, 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 I'm reluctant to ask you this, but I know you're a very open, warm, transparent person. And in previous conversations, uh, this has been mentioned. So I hope you don't mind me throwing this at you. It would be fair to say, wouldn't it, and, and I'm probably understating this massively, that uh, Hannah Power has experienced her fair share already in life of uh, some, some particularly um, difficult moments. Would that be fair? Yeah. Um, yes. Do you mind telling us about uh, the experience that I think you know I'm talking about that yeah. you have had to endure? But I know that the one thing from that brief conversation we had previously what I discovered, and I really wanted to share this with the listeners, is what you learned from it and the person that you've become because of it, because mm. I found it awe-inspiring when you told, told me the story. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah, so I guess, where to start? So when I, when I left university and I went traveling and then I started my job in London and I sort of started my adult life and as a family, we'd experienced challenges, deaths, some real financial stress. Um, I'd lost my, we'd lost my cousin who we were really close to died two months after her cancer diagnosis. And we'd experienced some challenges, but we were still extremely lucky and are extremely lucky as a family. Um, but it kind of felt like we would do a bit of a, of a break in a way. And I, you know, I had worked hard to get through the degree that I didn't really like and nothing particularly amazing about that because a lot of people do that. But um, I I started a job in London at Accenture and I moved to London. I was kind of starting my adult life and you know, getting all those things together as you do when you become an adult. And um, I went on holiday to visit 
friends of mine in Morzine in France. They were doing a ski season over there. And whilst I was over there on holiday, I was kidnapped and raped on my way home from a night out. And when you go through any kind of trauma, obviously it does change the fiber of your being because you suddenly see a part of the world that you hadn't seen before, a world that you knew existed, but probably wasn't a world that you thought you were going to enter. And before that, I think I had, I think I had, was already a strong person. And I think, you know, I already, I already knew how to get through things, but I think when you're presented with waking up the next day after an experience like that and knowing that you need to get on with your life, but everything, you know, has been completely changed and shattered and you're suddenly part of this club that you don't know any other members, no one talks about it, but you're like a member of this horrible place that you now have to be. And you're listening to people saying, oh, I can't imagine how you must feel, or um, I don't know what to say. And you just feel so, so alone. And for me, you know, I had to make you know a decision, I guess, in that time of how, how am I going to get through this? You know, I'm not going to let this ruin everything that I've done and all the things that I want to do. And I think, I guess that was when I was first really tested by how courageous could I be? It was a test of courage in, in hindsight. You know, I think life is, is a lot of tests, you know, tests of how you're going to handle certain things that happen to you. And for me, it, it changed everything because, and it, and it changed everything in little stages. It's not like you're instantly changed, but it gave me a strength as I was getting through it. Cause I knew I would get through it because I'd, you know, people get through this stuff. Um, and it became this like mantra in my head where I would sort of say to myself, you can do this Hannah, cause you did that. And that was way harder. So it became this like source of strength for me where I knew that nothing else would really be as, well, there would be other things in life that would be tough, but the small things that we think are tough, I knew wouldn't be super tough. And in comparison. And that gave me such almost a free reign on, on life to make decisions that other people might think were risky or crazy or silly or whatever, you know, um, and they didn't feel like that big decisions to me. And I think that I'm really passionate about helping people to see adversity in that way and not be defined by it in a negative way, but see it as something which can help you to layer on the strength that you've got. And, you know, that still impacts me now when, you know, fear comes up for us all the time. Should, should, you know, should I take the easy option? And I think I always want to take the harder option because I know that I can. So yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's kind of the, the, the impact that it had on me. It, it It's remarkable to hear somebody. And again, I, I, I mentioned your age, not because I wish to patronize you or anyone of, of a similar age listening, but to, to have such a pragmatic and mature view of yourself and the world, it is remarkable. Is that something that um, you know you you were born with is it something that has developed through your experiences of life? The fact that you can just have a conversation with yourself after an experience like that and and tell yourself you can get through it. What about the people? Because you're working with lots of people who find themselves in this situation, not mm. similar to yours necessarily, but just at a, at a bit of a crossroads, like me, for example, um, stuck a little bit in life, not really knowing whether they can trust themselves to get through it, if that's the right word. What do you say to the people who are not built the same way that Hannah Power is, who say, you know what, I don't think I can get through this, or how could I get through this, Hannah? What would you say to them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really nice when you say, you know, built built like Hannah Power, whatever, but I wasn't, you know, you're not 
most people aren't born brave, right? You, you learn it and it's a choice. And I'm really interested in this concept of happy and successful and unhappy and a failure or whatever, you know, some people Mm. succeed, some people don't. And, you know, I'm always trying to work out what is it that is the difference, you know, what makes this person successful and this person not. Um, And I think it comes down to, you know, people who succeed or people are happy are willing to do the things that the people who don't aren't. Uh, They're just not willing to do it, whether that's wake up an extra hour early and go to the gym, whether that's take the risk in business, whether that's have the difficult conversation, they're just willing to take the braver choice. And that's something you train into yourself. And that's not something which I always had. I did not always take the braver choice. I made a decision in that moment that the only way I was going to get through this was by being brave. And the way that I knew I could do that is because I knew that there were people that had. So it wasn't that I was particularly brave in that moment. I pulled on the resources of the people I was inspired by around me. So my cousin, Alexander, who lost his father and then a year later, his sister, who was his best friend, you know, his family cut in half in a year. And he is the most kind, caring, gratitudeful, uh, funny, amazing person. And I watched him get get through what losing his sister and all of that stuff. So I thought, well, Alexander did it so he can do it. Vicky's mum, my auntie Fiona, I watched her do it. Other things that I'd seen from other people, books I read from, you know, famous people, Katie Piper, she, you know, she went through an awful ordeal and built, found strength from it and could help people from it. So I didn't have the strength. I knew other people had it. So that meant I knew it was possible. And for me, once I can see something's possible, then I know there must be a way to work it out. So for me, it's like, what's possible? Oh, someone's already done it. It's doable then. Do you know what I mean? So that, and that's the same way I think about business. So for me, it's, and then you start to train that courage in, you know, something comes up and you choose, okay, I'm going to lie in bed or I'm going to go and do this. You know, I'm going to watch that Netflix show. That's not going to enrich me, or I'm going to go and learn how to do yoga. You know, you know, everyone knows what the right thing to do is. And you just train yourself to do the one that's for your higher self, not for your lower self. And by doing that piece by piece, you get stronger. Just like one gym session doesn't give you muscly biceps. It takes like a load of them. And so when you say people who think they can't do it, often I'll sit down with them and we'll identify times where they have been unbelievably brave to remind themselves. You know, you and I had a conversation and we look back at your your journey. And there have been times where you've had to be very brave and very, um, got through really tough stuff. So I think you remind people of that, fill them with that feeling inside of them. And then just, I guess, get on that path of choosing the stronger, the braver option piece by piece, and then gradually it gets easier. And then the braver option becomes bigger, Mm. but it's not like you jump and it's done. It's a daily choice, right? I'm going to do the brave thing today. And I think that's for me is what I remind myself of every day. And I think that's what separates people, but it's something you can learn. And, you know, my other side of my life, my, you know, the business that I would like to build alongside this one, I guess, is helping people to do that, to start that, that brave choice journey, because all the people who are inspiring in the media that we follow and all the, you know, people that have really done something have usually experienced something really awful and they've got through it. And the reason we follow them is because of that. So it's doable. So mm. what is that? What is that journey? And, and can't we all take it then? 
it's amazing. That's a great bit of advice and very well articulated. Uh, isn't it amazing? And, and I, this is clearly not a coincidence. The number of successful people, whatever we define success as, of course, uh, that they more or less, it's a general comment, seem to have suffered in some way. So to the people who you know fear failure, again, whatever failure looks like, or, or fear pain, what we're saying here is that you kind of need to experience those moments in order to be a better person, to see things in a different way, to overcome other challenges, almost like failure, difficulty, challenges, pain, being part of the learning experience. Is, is that a good summary hmm. of what you've just said? Yeah, I think so. I think it's just bad things are going to happen at some point. They might be awful. They might be small bad things. Bad things are going to happen. And it's up to us how we react to them. It's our choice. Mm. And, you know, my, my best friend said to me, and she's a huge source of inspiration to me. She said, after I went through a recent, you know, slight challenge with, with breaking up with someone that I really loved who, who had not been great by the, unfortunately, she said, oh, you, you know, you got over it. You know, you got through that so fast. You're so amazing. And all of these things I was thinking, well, what's the alternative that you give up? What, how do you give up? Because plenty of times where I've thought I want to quit, but like, what does that look like? You know, like there's, there's a very extreme way of quitting, which is not what most people lean towards. How else, what else do you do? You either give up, you lose everything. So I was, I I sat down one day and I worked out it's worst case scenario planning. It's a um, thing that they tell you to do when you start a business, like plan for your worst case scenario. So I was like, okay, so let's say I give up, right? I'm going to give up now because I'm sad about my boyfriend. So I need to get rid of my house and everything that's in it because I can't pay for it. So I'm going to have to shut down my business. I'm going to have to let down, let four people lose their jobs, shut down the business, pay off anything that needs to be paid off, sell loads of stuff to pay that off, go and live in my mom and dad's house, um, sell my car, close down my my um, membership of my club that I like to go to. And I was listing all these things off and I was like, but at the end of that, I still have to live. I'm just now living without all of that stuff. So how about I don't give up and I keep all of those things and I just keep going. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like when you logic these things through, you realize you don't have another choice but to keep going. So if you've got to keep going, you may as well do it in the best way possible. And that's little steps. And it's a lot about surrounding yourself with the right kind of people and the right kind of information. You know, don't watch the news, watch something inspiring, you know, tiny little tweets. Um, but I don't think we really have a choice to give up. It's just your choice to how, how you're going to keep going. Does that mm. make any sense? It does completely. I, I, I was smiling listening to you because it resonates with me and I'm sure everyone listening as well. Hannah, I read a, I read a testimonial on your website which said, in a world that's too full of theory, Hannah teaches action. I, I, I think this is a fitting thing just to raise because uh, I, I know that you, you try to empower people to take personal responsibility for their future. Um, mm. So how does somebody make that transition uh, to an action-based persona, uh, if that's the right word, and this mindset of success? Because clearly what you're talking about here is a mindset of success. It's a, de- it's a decision. It's a choice. And you've mm. made it freely. Other people choose to make those choices freely. They can go the other way as well. H- how does somebody make that transition, you know, move from a place of inertia to a place of action because that's easier yeah. said than done right absolutely and like i'm obsessed with understanding that because 
and it's actually on my list of lockdown tasks is to really list out where I was. Cause I did used to be like that. I remember being at uni and I was a little bit like, I wasn't fat, but I was a bit like overweight. So I was eating badly and I wasn't revising and I was a bit blaming of the world and all oh, this isn't fair because of this. I remember being like that, the kind of person that now I would talk to and go, stop being so pathetic, you idiot. Um, I wouldn't say that to someone who wasn't myself, but I know yeah. to me, that's what I have to, I have to hear the tough love. I get really angry, but I actually, it's what shifts me forward. Um, in terms of the steps through it, I think for me, I think what it really started with was going really, really internal into myself, you know, like all the things take someone to listen to you. That's why I think like coaching and stuff is so good. It takes, you have to say everything and then you have to hear it back. So you have to hear, oh, this isn't fair. And then someone will say back to you, well, why, why are you blaming the world for that? You know, everyone's got something and you go, oh yeah, that's true. And you just start to shift tiny belief systems. I think it starts with understanding the way that you think and the belief systems that you have and starting to unravel them and realize that so much of the stuff that we listen to and we believe is actually untrue. It's stories that we might've collected over the years. You know, um, I remember, um, I always had issues with like body image. I was always obsessed with the fact that I was really fat. And I thought back to when did it start? I went through some therapy stuff. When did it start? Okay, I was 10. What happened when I was 10? And I realized that, so I thought, oh, someone told me I was fat when I was 10. And then that's then filtered on. That's actually not what happened. I, I guessed, I made a projected guess of what people thought of me landed it as a belief system in myself and then spent the next 15 years justifying and proving it to myself that that was the truth. And all it takes is understanding that that was not true for it to suddenly all become not true. So I think it starts with that deep like self-awareness of what are the stories that you're telling yourself. And that's what my cousin, uh, my cousin Alexander, I, I will always equate any happiness or success that I have in my life. I will equate so much of it to him because his wisdom and his ability to ask the tough questions is unparalleled. Um, and I can't believe how lucky I am that he's my cousin, because if he was like some distant, he's not famous at all. He should, he sh is like a God, in my opinion. <laughs> I would just want, I'd give anything to spend half an hour with him and he's, we share blood. So I get to actually be with him. So I think it starts with that. And then it starts with unraveling those belief systems. And then it starts by once you've changed a belief system, replacing it with a new one and then building a habit into that. But this is all the stuff that there are people much more skilled than I am. And I want to train in, in belief systems and coaching so I can really help people to do this because yeah, I think that's where it starts. What are you telling yourself on repeat over and over again? What are the things that you're saying that aren't fair about the world? You know, and then you start to hear yourself say it and realize how ridiculous it is. You hear other people say stuff and realize how ridiculous that is. And you suddenly get like a distance because we're not our minds. Our minds, what I think is really interesting I learned recently is that our minds, our brains aren't designed to keep us happy. They're designed to keep us alive. So that's why we've got this massive rise in anxiety because there's a lot of fear stuff. So our brains are going fight or flight, run away from it. But actually we don't need that anymore. We've like, we've not like evolved to where we need to be. We're like behind our evolution for the world that we're in. Mm. Um, so it's like remembering that you're not your mind, you're not your thoughts. and creating some distance between that so that you can see it for what it is and replace it with good stuff and replace that with positive habits. Mm. And I also think it's really not about, um, it's about finding what works for you. I think that was something I found really challenging when I was trying to get through all my stuff was 
you know, people would say, like, oh, do yoga because like yoga is good for you. And on Eat, Pray, Love, she went and did yoga and meditation in India and then she got happy. I moved to Bali. I went to my first yoga class and I was like, I hate all these bendy bitches. Get me out of here. <laughs> and I am trying to get into yoga because I do believe it's really good. But I just think it's about finding what does work for you and not trying to fit into someone else's idea of what works. Because I think it's actually you need to take a piece of that from that and a piece of that from that. Um, and build your own formula. And that's what eventually I really want to find a way to help people to do that. Our regular podcast listeners will have probably picked up on the fact that uh, you share your surname with a former podcast guest, the lovely Penny Power. Um, And uh, there's another member of the family, uh, notwithstanding siblings and cousins and and so on, and that's your (laughs) father, Thomas. Yeah. And the other day he said to me, so I'm going to turn the tables on you because I'm sure over lunch or dinner, he will have asked you the question. So you might be prepared for this. He said to me, you know, with all of the stuff going on in the world with, you know, social media evolving as it is with different demographic now that kind of taking uh, seemingly taking control of the planet, uh, a better world in 10 years or not such a great world in 10 years. And I was, I was all for them. I can't really see things getting better and I'm the most positive person on the planet I think um but where do you sit in your view of the way the world is developing and and in particular the, the reason for the question Hannah is with your with your personal branding and your coaching hat on uh do you see uh an evolution uh, a positive evolution in terms of our population are there things that we are learning that will better this world or in your opinion what are the what are the pitfalls we should be looking to avoid in order to avoid going the other way? Yeah, I'm an optimist, so I believe a better world in ten years. I believe that when you really study, you know, ego and self, or you know, like light and dark, good and bad, evil or um, good, whatever it's called, and there's always darkness. There's always going to be darkness. And as more light starts to rise, the darkness tries to put it down, you know? So like often when you're on like a personal development journey, as you get really near to like a breakthrough, you often feel like you've taken a million steps back because something has pulled you back into the darkness. And it's, it's almost screaming at you, stay with me in the dark, stay with me in the dark. And I think that we're in a place where we're actually seeing a rise of the light. You know, we're seeing a rise of an awareness, a rise in consciousness. There's a rise in people caring for each other, mental health, meditation, yoga, veganism, uh, the people caring about the planet, sustainability. You know, there's, there is a rise in good. There really is. There's a great size of the internet and social media. Um, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, there's so much good stuff out there. But as that stuff starts to rise, the darkness has to get smarter to try to cover it up. And often it becomes a bit of a tug of war. And I think that's where we're at. We're at a tug of war where the darkness is having to get smarter to try and pull the light, cover up the light, because it is there. It absolutely is there. There is a change in the way that people are seeing the world, particularly during the current pandemic. People are seeing the world differently. And we have more access to information. You know, before if you want to go on a personal development journey, you would need to buy a book, read it by yourself. Now you can join the Facebook group of that author and hear from them on a Facebook Live about their journey. You get more access to information, podcasts like this, uh, anything that can change your mind in a certain way. 
people being more open, more honest, more real. But as you get that, you get more people being more fake, more dark, more of these things. But I strongly believe that good will win over evil and light will win over dark, but it's just having to be smarter. Mm. So that's what I think. I think that we are in a good place where we are, we, there is good stuff going on, but we are presented with only the bad stuff because that's, that's, that's how the world has always been controlled by fear, by all these things, you know, even things like, you know, I really am like anti-alcohol. I think it's a real evil. I think it's awful. Um, I stopped drinking two and a half years ago and the more distanced I get from drinking, the more, and I speak to people and, you know, it is such a, uh, it's such a, a liquid darkness that keeps people small, anxious, nervous, fighting each other, separated, hurting each other. We've got a rise in people stopping drinking. You know, we, we've got that. Uh, veganism, you know, there's a rise in documentaries on Netflix. So people are seeing what actually happens to animals, where milk actually comes from, and people are stopping drinking it, right? There's a rise in people buying oat milk, or you can get vegan spray cream on your hot chocolate at Starbucks now. So there's good. It's just the darks having to be cleverer, smarter. And, but eventually I think that it will win. And I think we're on, I think we're on a good path. I think that it can only go this way. I think it can only go to such an extreme place of dark and wrong that people say enough's enough. It has to get that bad. But I will always forever be an optimist because What's the point otherwise? <laughs> I got oh, yeah, exactly I, I, to, I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. That, that Again, that's a optimist, pessimist. I think that's a choice too. Um, so very, very quickly, I just want to talk about your, your book in a second and make sure that everyone gets to read it like I have. And it is, and I genuinely mean this, absolutely brilliant. One of the best books on, on personal development and in particular your, your subject matter, which is personal branding I've ever read, I have to say. So best oh. advice you'd ever give to somebody starting out, you know, trying to create this new brand, wishing to make a quick, uh, an impactful impression. Um, and what the flip side of that What's the biggest mistakes you see when people try to create a personal brand that don't have the likes of you looking after mm. them. The first thing to do is to start by thinking why you're doing it, what your core, core, true motive is. What is it that you really want to do in the world? Um, and staying really true to that, constantly reminding yourself of that. So for me, as an example, so if my my goal is all around, you know, inspiring people to have the courage to shine their light and lead their tribe, that's my purpose. Now, sometimes I don't spend a full day in my purpose. I have to sit looking at horrible LinkedIn algorithms and editing stuff that's boring and stuff that's not in my flow, but it, it's all part of that purpose. And if you can get really clear on what that is, I think that's really important. Once you know what that is, what it is, why you do what you do, you need to think about what it is that you want to do, what's going to be that thing. And then most importantly, who are you going to serve? You cannot build a strong brand online if you are not serving an audience, leading an audience in some way. It's not about you. And this leads to the biggest mistake is people thinking that their personal brand is all about them. Me, me, me. This is what I did. Um, This is leading with the money, you know, sometimes I'll have a a call with someone to see if they're the right client for us. And I'll say, what's the dream? And they'll say to sell my business. I'll say, okay, you're not right for us. Because the dream is about having an impact, making a difference, leaving a legacy, helping a group of people. I'm not saying we all have to be Obama and change the entire face of the world, but um, you have to be wanting to do something more than just about yourself, your own money and your own survival. Very good. 
And I think that, yeah, I think that's the biggest mistake that people make is making it about them. So undoubtedly, having listened to you for the last 30 minutes or so, uh, there will be people now shouting um, at, at this podcast going, please tell us how we find out more about Hannah Power. So how do they do that? Um, where do we buy the book? And we will, just for those listening, we will be offering a copy of Hannah's book as a prize. You know the way that works. So I won't take up any of this podcast in explaining that because you know you know it by now. Um, but for those people who are not lucky enough to win the one copy of your book we'll give away, how do people find out, A, about the book and buy it and also find out about you and the work you do? So hannahpower.co.uk is my website. So quite easy or just Google Hannah Power and that is me. There is another Hannah Power, but I've managed to push her off the first few pages. <laughs> and for the book, type in The Power of You onto Amazon and that is where you will find it. Fantastic. Final question. I know mm-hmm. you've listened to a few podcasts and you've probably picked this up from your mum as well. Uh, every guest gets asked one question that is common to them all. And it is this, and it, you know, you've partly answered it, but I just want to try and see if we can drill this down to one simple sentence. If a younger version of, of Hannah was asking you, Hannah Senior, let's call you that for a second, um, to give you a, a simple direction in life. And, and the brief is, with all of your life experience so far, good and bad, and the experience of dealing with people who have succeeded and failed and still finding their way on that journey, um, if if that younger version of you were to ask you in a, in a sentence or two to help them understand and, um, and get the, the best possible outcome from the journey that they wanted to go on in life, what would be the, the one or two guiding principles you would have them uh, kind of adhere to or focus on moving forward? So the first thing would be to always believe in the good in people and believe that people's intentions are always good and to always go for the truth, not on what your perception of the truth was. I would think I was a big storyteller projector. So always discover what the truth is before you hang your hat on something. And the second thing is understand that life is on you and on your terms that yes, some people are born with more. Some people are born with less. Some people have things that other people don't have, but it's, it's up to you to decide what you're going to do with it and to take that control and that responsibility for yourself. Very, very good. Um, I know younger me would have had a lot of questions for those two points. So it probably would have been a five hour conversation, but, um, because I, I miss is like, I don't just take things at face value. I have to really understand them. Um, so I know I would have pushed myself back trying to understand them, but those would have been the two messages. But you do, in fairness, answer a lot of those questions in your book. And, and I would also go so far as to say just the, the short time that we spent together so far, and there were plenty more of them, I'm sure, um, you know, you've started to answer those questions for me personally. And I, you know, I've been around a long time. I, I used to think I had the answers to most uh, questions, but uh, it was only really when you start, as you mentioned earlier, when you've got that accountability and the and the objectivity, which you don't often get when you're having conversations with yourself day and night. Um, I personally found it to be very enlightening, very productive, and uh, and I would actively encourage anyone listening to to engage with with Hannah if if they so wish. Oh, thank um, you. Unfortunately, I wish we could go on talking for some more, but uh, time unfortunately means that we have to call. Um, call it a day for now, but I'm sure if we can, I know we're secretly trying to get mum, dad and you back on to the podcast to have a family chat because that really yeah. will, that really will be fantastic and worth listening to. But for now, Hannah Power, thank you so much for joining us on the Sandro Forte podcast. Thank you so much.